I didn't want to do this today, but it's because I want a divorce, Bertie. Bernice, what do you think you're doing? I'm going with you. Honey, that's impossible. But I'm going with you. No, you got to stay here with your mama. Bertie, you going to help me out here? You told me you wanted me with you, remember? Listen, honey, I've got to go. Now, don't do this to yourself, okay? Don't make a scene. Now, go on back inside. Go ahead. Bernice, you know I'd take you with me if I could. You can. Try to understand, baby. Connie and I, we need this time to ourselves to try to make a go of it. Then I'll come back for you. No. I promise. I no. promise. I promise. Now go on inside, please. You want me. You wrote it in the letter. Please. Let me in. You want me. I'll always want you, Bernice. You're my little princess. Well, your mom and she needs you. No. And you need her. No, I you. I love you, princess. Please. I gotta go. No! title of this message is, I forgive you, but you suck. <laughs> that's not the real title, but that's pretty deep stuff. And how many of you ever felt like you wanted to just say, I forgive you, but you suck, dude? <laughs> no, hope floats on forgiveness. And I know this touched all of our hearts, but some even deeper than others. When you go into the area of forgiveness, you're going into an area that is so deep, so personal, that many times you just rather somebody not go there so you don't have to go there. A few weeks, I started a series called Search and Destroy, and then we took a break last week, and then this week, I want to go into an area that there will be no destructive strongholds unless we get into this area of forgiveness and Yet with forgiveness, I want to give you some wisdom that I know will answer some questions. So please just follow along and be patient. But yet, 
listen to the different answers that will come from the lips of Jesus for you in your situation. To forgive even when it hurts. And how many of you know sometimes it hurts and you don't understand it? I read this letter about this lady. It, it, it was something else. And I thought it said some things that I thought might would be a blessing to you. It's about a lady. Her name was Camille. And she was uh, trying to help children in, in uh, Europe, uh, like around Russia in that area, that were hurt during the war and everything. And they were uh, held hostage for 14 months. And this is the letter she wrote. Rape is a terrible violation of a human being. I will never forgive the act, yet I can forgive the man who raped me. I can feel compassion for him because I understand the desperate place he was coming from. That's not to say I condone what our captors did to us. And if I met him, I would want to ask them, did you have any idea why and how you were harming us? But I still understand the desperation that caused them to do these things. As soon as we were taken hostage, we decided to take the least resistance because our four captors were clearly traumatized by war. If we showed anger or sadness, they would have reacted with violence. After several weeks of captivity, one of them, an ignorant and wounded person who we named Punch, took the opportunity to rape me. The only way I could get through this horror, listen to the, how she got through this now. You'll have to get a hold of something to get you through it. The only way I got through this horror, which is the word evil, we'll see in the scripture today, was thinking to myself, you cannot touch the essence of who I am. My body is only part of who I am. You cannot touch all of me. You can only touch a part of me. And my body is not who I really am. He raped me many times, but mostly I was able to cling on this detached state of being. He always did it when no one else was around. And I wouldn't dare tell the captors because they would then gang rape me. This went on until I got herpes, which gave me the strength to finally say no. Punch asked me to explain why, and with the dictionary, I shakily pointed out no sex, no violence. I couldn't take it anymore. He said he just wanted to be my friend. In his own way, he was apologizing. He stopped raping me, and instead he would talk to me about his dreams. Some of our friends can't understand how I can forgive. They feel tarnished with the guilt of their people. I tell them that I believe forgiveness begins with understanding. Now listen to this. But you have to work through the layers to obtain it. First, you have to deal with the anger, then with the tears. And only once, listen to what she says here. Only once you reach the tears are you on the road to finding peace of mind. And many times we don't want to go to the tears, but it's when we get to those tears, even the area of repentance, that we actually find the road to recovery. And you can't help but respect a lady who went through this, and some of you have gone through this, and you know the anger, you know the hurt for years, but yet the Lord wants to heal you from that, and that even though your childhood might have been robbed from you, your, your innocence... Your hopes, your dreams, physical things. God is the God of restoration and he wants to heal you. And he wants to help us take the layers off of our lives so we can go on into the next level that he desires for us. As we were going through search and destroy, it says here in Psalms chapter 32, verse 3 and 6, it says, When I refused to confess my sin, when I kept silent, the King James says, my body wasted away or my bones wasted away. The bones speak of the framer who holds you up. When I hold these things in that I don't want to face, 
So many times it's easy to get the shoulders start slumping. The head starts going down to the ground. I start feeling like a failure. I start blaming myself. I start feeling rejected. I start feeling like it's my fault. And he says, until I've confessed these things, my body wasted away. If I don't say it with my mouth, my body will say it for me. There's going to be a confession when there's a stronghold. I can keep it quiet from others, but I cannot. What's really in me is going to manifest one way or the other. And that's why the Word of God says in the book of James, go ahead and confess your faults so that the prayer of faith can heal the sick. If I don't speak it this way, my body will speak it for me by wasting away. He said, I groaned the grief, the grief. I groaned all day long. Night and day, your hand of discipline was heavy upon me. My strength evaporated like the water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed. Finally, I confessed all my sins. Some of you are ready right now. I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And all my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray while there is still time. All my guilt is gone. Isn't that a wonderful place to live? I talked about health and healing and I read this article by M. Scott Peck. He says, the process of forgiveness, indeed the chief reason for forgiveness is selfish. The reason to forgive others is not for their sake. They're not likely to know that they need to be forgiven. They're not likely to remember their offense. They are likely to say, you just made that up. You're exaggerating. They may even be dead. The reason to forgive is not for our own sake, but for our own health. Because beyond the point of needed for healing, if we hold on to our anger, we will stop growing and our souls will begin to shrivel. That's what we just read in Psalms. John Gray said, forgiveness strengthens the souls. My soul will be strengthened through love and forgiving. The more I forgive, the less outside circumstances are able to affect me. The less hurt I feel because of other people's actions. Most people hurt without even knowing anyway. And most of our pain is caused by our reactions to what other people do. Lewis Sims said, to forgive is to set the prisoner free and discover that prisoner was me. Bernard Metzer said, when you forgive, you in no way change the past. But do you do change the future. Carrie Scott says, anger makes you smaller while forgiveness forces you to grow beyond where you were. Another one said, when you hold resentment toward another, you are bound to that person or conditioned by an emotional link that is stronger than steel. Forgiveness is the only way to dissolve that link and get free. If there's a hidden error, as we read in Psalms through our whole search and destroy, if there's some type of secret thing or hidden thing that is in my life, I want it to be found out so I can deal with it, so I can be free from it, whether it's me or, or from someone else. Amen. I want to read this scripture to you, and there's a number of things we're going to get out of it today. It says in Romans 12, 17, I know it, but listen along with me. It says, repay no one. Do you know what that word no one is in Greek? No one. No one. It says, repay no one evil for evil, horror, pain. Don't repay evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. How many know that's a big thing? Especially when you feel like you've been hurt. Somebody said, if we practice an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, the whole world would be blind and toothless. 
Anger will never disappear so as long as thoughts, remember we spoke about that, as long as thoughts of resentment are cherished in the mind, anger will soon disappear just as soon as the thought of resentments or revenge are forgotten. There's so many times we think, you know, those person, they, they, they caused me so much hurt and so much pain. And we're going to go to some roots of why we sometimes we don't want to go into that area of forgiveness. A lot of times we live, a lot of times we live in the type of bondage. If I get to the point where I forgive them, then I will stop expecting them to one day tell me, forgive me. As long as I can hold on forgiveness, I still have the hope that maybe they'll tell me and admit that they were wrong. But if any of you have lived any length of time, many times people have hurt us and not even known that they hurt us. And those who did hurt us, they want to ignore that it really happened and hope that you forgot that it happened too. But when you're that child that it happened to, it's hard to forget. There are things that open the door. And when my wife and I were missionaries in Argentina... There was this precious lady. She ended up being one of our deaconesses, and she was the superintendent of our Sunday school, like Brother Shane. And she, at 12 years old, went to the, the uh, neighborhood water fountain to get water to carry it back to her house. They, didn't, they don't have running water in many of the homes. While she was there at 12 years of age as a little girl, a man came and raped her. After that, her dad would let friends go in when they were drunk and come over to the house. They, he'd let friends to go in, go into bed with her as 12, 13 years old and rape her. And she finally got pregnant. And because she was pregnant, she ended up having to become a prostitute at 13, 14 years of age to be able to buy milk for her baby. She came to our church and, and she got married to Brother Raul, which is one of our pastors in a, in a city right now. And they had a number of children. And she was at our church, and she started manifesting one day, and we got an appointment, my wife and I, to minister to her. And as we were in this room, and we sat beside her, she started manifesting demonic powers, just like in the Bible. And she picked up this 10-gallon bucket full of oil and threw it against the wall. And she fell on the floor and started doing things with her body, and she propositioned me. And, of course, when she did that, my wife was on top of her casting the devil out right there. <laughs> it was real bad. We had to lock the door, and we had to start dealing with her. In some areas, and we remember casting out seven spirits, but the seven, the worst one, the, the seventh thing that was the hardest thing to get through was the spirit of self-forgiveness. I forgive me. The lie of the enemy that have failed her, it's your fault that they raped you. You did something to provoke it. And then having to become a prostitute so that baby could have something to live and the, the hate and denial. And I remember when we would say to, to, to renounce it and let it go, she would say no. And she, she, she held on because it gave her the strength to go on many times. And, and, and she, it was just a lie and a torment and a stronghold because she couldn't come to the point of forgiving herself and accepting the truth. It wasn't her fault. Christ says when he forgives your sins, he forgives, washes them away, throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. But many times we don't keep on the sea of forgetfulness. We put them on the trophy case. We keep them where we see them. We see them every time we look at ourselves in the faces and it comes to torment us. I was, we, my wife and I was having a meeting down in South Louisiana. And we went to pray for this lady who was manifesting in a service. And uh, as I went to pray for her, this lady came in front of me, a tall, big lady. She came in front of me and she said... You can't have her. I said, why not? Because she's darkness. I said, well, I'm light, so come out in the name of Jesus. And I started praying for her, and some pastors took her to the side, and they were praying, trying to get her delivered. And the Lord gave me a vision. I saw this lady dancing on top of her father's tomb. And I went up to her, and I asked the pastors to give me a chance. I said, I said sis, I said, did, 
did you rejoice the day your dad died? And she says, oh, yeah. All that that man did, for, did to me, the torment that that man put me through, I danced the day he died. I said, you will never know deliverance. You will never know freedom till you are able to release him and forgive him for whatever he done to you. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you can do it right now. But by faith, would you be willing to at least pray, release to forgiveness for that, your father? And she did, and she got delivered. Some things are only... Forgiveness is a portal. Some people say forgiveness is weakness. Jesus says forgiveness is the kingdom of God. And the other thing we got to understand, we all want to live under an open heaven, but forgiveness is the portal that causes us to ascend and, and, and have the presence of God descend and us to ascend in the presence of God. It's that open door that you and I desire. It's that living portal to be transferred out of being dead and hurt and, and uh, just, just blinded and, 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 and bound to that past hurt and rejection. It's the portal to get us into freedom. He can help us walk through that darkness and those dark hours and that sadness. Paul says, do not. He says, do not in the King James. Do not repay evil for evil. Do not. Don't even think it over. He says, I'm telling you on behalf of God, do not repay no man evil for evil. Do not. This is God's heart. Do not repay it. Walk with Jesus. It says, that anyone that you have to forgive. And I looked up some things that some people say they have to forgive. And some people have trouble forgiving that they were beat all of their life. I know a young lady who shared with me that when she was a child, her parents, especially her dad, would beat her. And cause whelps to come up and down her legs and then make her, make her wear a dress so other people could see it. And when company would come over, the parents would go, come on, sweetheart, raise your dress and let them see what happened to you. You had to get a whipping. You know, it's enough to, to discipline a child, but you don't want to humiliate and break the child. Amen? And so many times people were beaten as children. Some worse than that. They abandoned me. Close family members hurt me. Do you know what my husband would say when he was drunk? Do you know what he would do to me and tell me? Broken vows. People, my parents are divorcing. My dad had an affair. My mom had an affair. I can't forgive them for leaving me, not just once, but leaving again. Why did they commit suicide? Why didn't they leave a note? I didn't know what was going on. I was so small. I didn't understand everything was going on. Was it my fault that dad left again? All of these hurts and all of these pains. How many know this world is evil and evil makes things complicated? Evil for evil. That word there, evil, is the word for Satan. This is interesting. And next week, I'm going to give you another scripture. That brings this even closer to light, but it's gonna, we're, we're going to have a lot more. It's going to be f more funny next week, I promise you. But this week, I want to get right to the core. But it says here, evil is the name for Satan, which means I want to pull you down where I am. And the Bible talks about a rope being put around your neck and tied to a millstone and thrown into the sea. We will be dragged with the dragger, even though the dragger is the one that hurt us. When there's unforgiveness, we're tied, we're linked to that person who hurt us. And that millstone's thrown into that sea. And we're following the dragger when we, and we follow Satan into that evilness and the confusion and the hurt. When we don't allow Jesus to deal with us and say, Lord, I bring this before you. I surrendered this to you. Now, all of us here, we've all gone through different degrees of hurts. Just about two weeks ago, I was totally cursed out to my face and told things and this and that and the other. 
And it, it was di- very difficult to swallow and to take while I was being cursed and told some things just, just two weeks ago. But I had to make the choice if I was going to stay on the cross and be silent or I was going to return evil for evil because I had a lot of things I could have said. But do I want to get on the cross and stay like Christ or do I want to get off the cross and be Russell? Russell won't get any results, but Jesus always does. And it's so easy for Russell to do what King Russell wants to do. But then God is saying, no way. No one. Repay evil to no one. Forgiveness is not weakness. It's the ultimate portal to live a life like Christ. Now, what I'm sharing with you, and as I'll get into this in the few minutes we have left here, is that I'm not saying you need to go home and start calling everybody. Because a lot of people, don't, they won't even remember what they did or what you're talking about. You don't want to be like everybody loves Raymond, where Raymond was going to his 25th high school school graduation party, and he remembered this girl he went out with and hurt, and he was all upset that he was going to see her, so when he finally saw her at the 25th graduation party, he went up to her, and he says, I want to ask you to forgive me. She says, for what? He says, well, for what I did to you that night when I stood you up or whatever it was on the date. She says, that was 25 years ago. You're still... still thinking about that why don't you move on and when you go to talk to people or you call them or you write them a lot of people are going to have that same attitude why haven't you moved on and so sometimes the right thing is not to go to that person and I'll show you this the right thing is not always to go to that person because a lot of times you'll end up getting hurt all over again because they won't quite understand what you're talking about But why are you still bringing up the portal of God is the portal of forgiveness, to forgive. And listen, there's a difference between forgiving and reconciling. Now, I want to show you something here. Forgiveness means I loose you from the debt. Reconciliation means you earn my trust back. I want you to see what it says here. It says, Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Let's stop right there. As if, if it is possible with you, live peaceably with all. But let me share something with you. I want to get into an area that sometimes people can contradict. But, but I want to share with you, as you study this in the letters of Paul, what he was saying here. He said, you have to live peaceably with everyone, but you don't have to live in partnership with everyone. You don't have to live in partnership with everyone. For example... You ask me, Pastor, what do I do? My husband beats me. This is what you do. You call the police. You report him. And while he's in jail, you forgive him. Forgive him. But you don't have to live in circumstances or in partnership with someone who mistreats you. I want you to read this article I found from from this person. It says, forgiveness is not about letting people walk all over you. If you are presently in a situation that is creating obstacle of your well-being, by all means, change it. If you are living with an abusive person, leave. Listen to this now. Listen to this person. I love the way they word this. Sticking around people who are mistreating you is asking for trouble. It tells them with your behavior. It tells them with your behavior that you don't mind the way they are treating you. By you staying in a harmful, hurtful situation, is telling them, I don't mind you treating me like a dog. It encourages their behavior. 
It gives them a green light to walk all over you with great zest. Just to see how far they can get, they can go and get away with it. They may not, they may not even necessarily be bad. They are merely behaving in a way they have learned that works the best for them. Mm. They may be carrying tons of baggage from the past, many unresolved issues and hurts they have experienced in their own lives. You, have, you can have compassion for their pain, and sometimes you may be able to help them, but you don't have to inherit their baggage or take responsibility for the problems that were not yours to solve in the first place. It's Jesus' problem to solve, not yours. You're not called to be their savior. You know what? I'm just going to stay with them and I'm going to suffer through this till they get saved. Yeah, and you may die and then who is going to, who's going to put up with them? You don't have to inherit someone else's baggage. It says, if possible, if possible, you live at peace. Sometimes, write this down. Sometimes the greatest steps to forgiveness is separation. Sometimes the greatest steps, I forgive you and I love you, but sometimes the greatest steps to, separ- to forgiveness is separation. Isolating yourself from that which will just bring harm over and over and over. How can you truly get to that point where you can forgive from the heart when you live in a situation where you're facing the same thing many times every day? You don't have to live as the doormat of nobody. Amen? You, you just, if somebody's beating you, you call the police, or if you want to, you can go Medea on them. Get some hot grits and love them with a cast iron skillet in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Many times, you know, we don't, we don't feel in our hearts that we're able to forgive, but that's the feeling of forgiveness. You don't forgive by the feeling Forgiveness is an action. You take action first, and you expect God to bring the grace to better help you and empower you to do what you have to do. I own up. What you have to do is I own up to my part of the offense. I've asked forgiveness, but then I leave it all to God. Now, it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Never avenge yourselves. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Once again, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Never avenge yourselves. Let me share something with you. This is so important. Take this to heart. Right here, this is what Paul is saying. When you forgive somebody, you do not forfeit justice. God is a God of mercy, he's a God of grace, he's a God of forgiveness, but he's a God of justice. Just because it says here, you don't deal with them, God is going to deal with them, and God knows how to deal with them. Amen. You got to just let God deal with it, and you got to let it go and, and leave it to God. God knows how to deal with it. How many of you know God knows how to deal with it? If possibly, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I'm going to skip this next one. I want to, I want to go to uh, Romans 12, 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil. Don't let what the devil does or what somebody else does draw you down to their level, but you overcome evil with good. You forgive. 
You allow it to go. You dismiss your case to a higher power, to a higher court. I know you feel many times, but God, they hurt me. Uh, I, I, just as long as I'm going through this, I feel like I'm wronged. I need to hear them tell me they're sorry. And you live a life, a lot of people I know, they live a life on replay. It's, it's automatic rewind. Well, you know what? If he would have never divorced me, I would have never had to get three jobs and try to raise these children by myself. You know, if I wouldn't have been in partnership and that person would have stole from me, then, then, then I wouldn't be in the financial condition. My kids could have a better life right now. That man ripped me off. And we live on replay, on replay, on replay. And the Lord says, no, you've got to forgive and release and know that justice is of me. He can do a lot of better work at justice than we can. Amen? So the truth is, if we believe that by holding off till they repent or they ask us to forgive us, we're wrong. They're still going to see many times, see themselves as that they are the ones who were not wrong and you were. I love this person who said this. Unforgiveness is like eating rat poison and expecting the other person to die. I'm feeding on my poison, expecting the other person to be hurt. You hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. Oh, you're not hurting them. You know, let me tell you what, what happens. Somebody's hurt you. Maybe a business partner stole from you. Somebody did something wrong to you. And you go to Logan's. And they're sitting at Logan's. And they're eating. And they're laughing. And they're having a good time with money that they stole from the business they were affiliated with you. And you're thinking, here I am on Tums, Alka-Seltzers, and pink and blue pills. And you're sitting there eating, eating having a good time. I heard they're on vacation with money that they stole. You know, that money was supposed to be mine, and they stole from me. They're on vacation. They're on vacation sunning themselves. They're not even thinking about you, and you can't sleep at night because you're sure thinking about them. So this unforgiveness is eating us and bringing us down, trying to draw us down and trying to hurt us, but we're to overcome evil and not to be overcome by it. You know, I wrote down an example here I saw the other day when I was at a place, and many of you are going to see this. How many of you hate when you see, the, for example, the Iranian people burning our flag? You know, that means they hate us. But let me show you where America is. We get mad at an NBA basketball player, and he quits the team. So we're going to take his jersey and we're going to burn his jersey because we're going to show him we're mad at him and he's ruining everything. Did y'all see that on TV? Did y'all see them burning that NBA player's jersey on the TV? Just like the Iranians burning the American flag. Just burning that jersey because he quit our team and we want him to stay on our team. So since he quit, we're going to burn the jersey. You know what? That guy is in his Porsche going to the bank to deposit his check and he ain't worried whether you're burning his jersey or not. He's made up his mind. You think he's crying? Ooh, I got $3 million to deposit and they're burning my jersey. You think he's crying over that? <laughs> People are making a big fuss and they're manifesting. You know what? This guy, he's, they even said he's ruining our whole community. A whole community built upon one basketball player. And how many times do we want to burn something? I'll tell you what, I'll take her picture and I'll burn it. I'll take his picture and I'll put it to the wall and I'll throw darts at it. And, and it'll turn into a voodoo doll and he'll fill every one of them. 
No, Shah, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Amen. How many know evil will not win? How can I forgive? You know, one of the things that my wife and I went through back in the middle 80s when we first moved to Argentina, we worked for some missionaries who had been there for quite a few years, went down there and lived right across the street from them. Everything seemed to be good for two weeks. And then they called us in and they told us, y'all need to go back home. And then they started telling us this and telling us that. And he was cutting my wife down. And they took the key, our key to our post office box and started opening our mail. And I'd got a few checks there. So he called our, our director and told him that I was getting checks and not sending it through the organization, which was against the rules of the organization, the missions organization. The truth was those checks I had got were from my birthday, from my aunt's. And so it was just one thing after another, one thing after another. There was no way, let me tell you before God, there was no way of winning with this couple. We had to keep our doors and our windows open so they could sit on their swing across the street and watch us. I mean, it was total control. And I tell you, I have never seen the wrath and anger like I did with them. Of course, she did, we did find out she was going through cancer. And so, you know, those type of things will affect you. But there's nothing that man did not tell me. About me, my wife, or anything. And so one morning, he came banging on the door about 6 in the morning. He says, I got to talk to you right now. I went to his house. His wife was in the States getting a treatment. He had a contract on his desk. And he says, Russell, I have a contract right here, and I want you to sign it. I says, well, what does it say? It says that you will leave Huhui and you will never come back. He says, you will leave, the United, you will leave Argentina, and you will not come back. And, and he had told me things, and he had told me things to my face time and time and time again for a year. It got so bad that Pastor Osteen and others had told me to leave, to start my own ministry. They said, start your own ministry. You don't have to. I had permission to start my own ministry. But I had submitted to that man for a year. I was not going to break that. And so he got this contract. He says, I want you to sign this paper that you're leaving. And he says, if you don't, we're calling the director right now, and he'll make you leave. And I never raised my voice to him all that time. I cried and I prayed a lot. And I forgave him. But I never spoke back to him for that year. And that day with that contract, I said, Brother James, let's make the call. Let's call the director. And I'm not kidding you. When I said, let's call the director, because it had always been this and that and the other, nothing but lies. When I said, let's call the director, the man started shaking. The pencils, the paper fell on the floor. He fell out of his chair. I'm not exaggerating. He fell out of his chair on the floor, and he was convulsing in front of me. And as he was convulsing on the floor in front of me and shaking and hollering and everything else, I started weeping for that man. All the hurt and all the pain that I had went through in my heart submitting to this man and reaching out, waxing his car, doing extra things to try to win him his approval and find out why are you treating him? Never understanding, asking God, God, why is he treating like me like this? And God would never answer me. He's good about that. And when this man was on the floor shaking and convulsing with that contract just all over, I started weeping and I started crying. And we had got invited to go to another place in Argentina about 18 hours away, the city of Santa Fe. I said, Brother James, I'll tell you what I'll do if it's okay with you. I said, my wife and I will pack up and we will leave. And we loved Huhui. I said, we will pack up and leave and we'll go to Santa Fe. 
But I said, I'm not signing any contract, and we can call the director right down. He says, no, don't worry about the contract. And his, his attitude changed. We packed up, and we left, and we went to Santa Fe for two years and saw awesome things by God, new works, everything. A year later, we got news that this same missionary couple had left Huhui, came back to the States. We left in the hands of God. I didn't write letters. I didn't do nothing. Left in the hands of God. They made us leave Huhui, but God made them leave Argentina. And then God called us back to Huhui. And, and this year makes 20 years we started that church there in Huhui that they are expanding and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary and all the works and the orphanages and Bible schools and everything else we were able to do there. We were able to go back to Huhui, but we let God do it. Now, if I would have stood up and said, you listen to me, old man. Let me tell you something. I'm, I've been on the mission field before. I've got, I'm licensed. I'm ordained. You have no right to talk to me like that. Who do you think you are? I could have spoke back. I could have got in his face. I could have did a lot of things. I could have egged his house, toilet paper, certain good stuff in a bag and put it on fire so he could stomp it out. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And there was a lot of things that went through my head. And my wife was telling me some things I could have did, too. <laughs> I won't say no more than that. But we would cry, and we would pray, and we would fast. And when we left justice to God, God handled it his way. Because whatever we can do, we can't fix it, but God can Forgiveness is a difficult thing, but it's the thing that is needed, even though you have been hurt so deeply. To forgive at the end. Forgive means to release someone of the debt that they owe you for the pain that they caused you. And where does it happen? At the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross. All strongholds are broken at the foot of the cross. Now you may be here today. You may have been hurt by a spiritual leader, by a minister, by a pastor, by a church, by friends, by family. You might have been hurt by your mom, your dad, by loved ones. You might have been hurt by your mom or by your dad. Boss, you might have been, you still may be living under a lie that somebody told on you that's not true. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't let what they did to you take you down. Don't let your body end up being affected by what you're hiding in your soul. It's a poison. Unforgiveness will manifest in so many different ways. And today the Holy Spirit wants to help you on this journey out of darkness into light. And releasing that unforgiveness and releasing that hurt and releasing that pain, that bitterness. Because you know he loves you so much. Jesus knows what that dark night is like. He knows what's it like when everybody he loved abandoned him and he, they left him on the cross. He knows what it's like that even his father turned his back on him and it was dark. And all of Jesus' life, listen to this, all of Jesus' life, he went around saying, go read in the word yourself. It says, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. But on the cross, he had to get to a greater level where he cried out, Father, you forgive them. He had been going around forgiving people, but when he came to where he was at that moment, he was able to release a forgiveness that has changed the world and all of our futures. You may be at a point right now where you're battling something, but you've got to pray, Father, forgive me. They did not know, they didn't know what they were doing. And maybe, maybe they did know what they were doing. But they were under the influence of evil. 
And if I try to return evil, I'm going back on their level and I'm not going to do that. I want to keep my heart right before my Father and my God. I may lose. I may lose all of that money I invested. I may lose that friendship. I might lose respect. There's a lot of things I may lose. But if I can gain what He's got for me, if I can trust Him that He's going to open up new portals, new doors for me to walk through, then whatever I suffer myself, it'll be worth it all when I see Him. And He'll say, well done, thou good. Good. Because you did good. Faithful servant. Would you stand upon your feet and just close your eyes and bow your head? So we've been going to this message of search and destroy. Many of us have been going into areas of our hearts and our lives. We want to get into the areas of depression and anger. And there's so many different areas that we all may battle with. In the privacy of the darkness and the holds that seem to hold us down. But I want you to know that there's a voice that penetrates the darkness in the beginning, the earth was void and full of darkness, but there was a voice that penetrated all the darkness and all the void and caused life. He called. He called light. He called life. He called victory. He called peace. Upon the cross, He cried forgiveness. He demonstrated the love of the Father that has always been and always will be. And it's that love that He's offering you right now. And so, at this moment... Not that it's anyone's business but yours and our Heavenly Father. Just open your heart and put it upon the altar right now. Your feelings, your hurts, the disappointments, the replays in the areas of unforgiveness. That you just can't let that go. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to give you grace to let it go. It's not easy. Some of the battles you're facing right now are some of the hardest battles you've ever faced. Coming to the altar was easy. Telling your friends that you were born again was easy. But now coming to the portal of saying, I forgive my father for physically abusing me. Oh, Father, you're asking me to lay upon the cross. You're wanting to drive nails in my hands and my feet and crucify my flesh. And the Father says, it's the only way I can raise you up. It's only out of death can I raise you up out of life. As, as it is possible with you, live peaceably with all men. Father, we come before you and we pray for our cities. We pray for the division and the strife and the fighting that has gone on from church, between church, between people between families, between businesses, between Pineville, between Alec, what every, every area has ever been attacked. Father, we, we come and you say, Lord God, we are givers of peace. And wherever we give our peace, they will receive it. Today we war, according to Luke 9, with peace upon our cities. Peace upon the churches. Peace upon your people. Peace upon your people. Peace upon our government. Peace upon the people of central Louisiana. We pray for peace, Father. Your peace to penetrate any area of darkness and hardness. Any area of deception, deceit, discouragement and despair. 
We pray for an awakening of peace, a revival of peace. And Lord, we know that much of it comes through the door of forgiveness. By faith, we decide today to forgive. And right there in your heart, just speak the name. Don't, you don't have to say it out loud. Just speak the name of the person you were, you were thinking about while I was preaching today. Someone the Holy Spirit may be bringing to your heart right now. Just speak their name in your heart and say, Father, I choose by faith and through your grace and through your mercy, I choose to forgive and speak their name. Speak their name. Speak their names. Speak their names. She abandoned me. But mom, dad, I forgive you all of my heart today. I will not replay you in that car driving away telling me you don't want me. I will replay Christ upon the cross crying out forgiveness for me. And as I receive, I have to give. I've got to give. Jesus, heal us today, Lord. Heal us today. Jesus. I know as you're searching your heart, all eyes are closed and every head is bowed. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, I don't know Jesus. I'm not born again. I'm not saved. Maybe you have been saved, but you wandered away from him. Today, you know, right now, you know you've got to get it right. You feel the, pull, the pulling of the Holy Spirit. You might have been involved in Wicca, witchcraft. You might have been involved in seeking some alternate, temporary escape. A religion that does not fulfill, does not give any eternity or any hope. If you're here today and you know you've got to give your life to the true Lord who gave his life for you and be washed in his blood, I want you to raise your hand and say, will you pray for me? I need to be saved. I need forgiveness of my sins. Anyone at all, just raise your hand right there where you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that other hand. God bless you. Two right here. Two. Three. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Anyone else today? Christians, be praying. Be praying. Be praying. God bless you, sir. I see your hand, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God, I see those two hands back there. God bless you. Young people, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Today is the day of salvation. God bless you. I see your hand. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to get my life right with God right now, right now. I want all of those who raise their hand, would you come and join me right here? Would you come up here and let us pray the prayer of salvation with you? Come and enter into the kingdom of God. Come and let restoration come to your soul, your mind, your heart, your life. Come and allow the Jesus himself to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Come and allow Jesus to forgive and wash all sins away. Come to the fountain. Come to the fountain of everlasting blood that flows for the forgiveness, the cleansing, the washing of sin. Come and allow the Father to take all the wrong, the hurt, the sin, and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be reminded of it again. Come so that when you die and appear before the Lamb, 
you will not appear before guilty or hiding or in fear, but you will come and you will appear with confidence and full assurance that you are born again. Come. If you're here today and you know your life is not right with God and you don't know if your life would be taken away from you after church, if you go to heaven or hell, come right now and surrender your life to Jesus. Anyone at all. Anyone else at all. There was other hands that were raised. Come. Come. Come right now. Come. Come and surrender. Come. Come and give your heart to the one who loves you so much he gave his life to prove to you that he loves you. Gives you a value and a worth that nobody else or nothing else can. Is there anyone else here today? Anyone else? Would you come to Jesus? Would you come to Jesus? Would you come to Jesus? Giving my life to Jesus. God bless you for being here today. Would you look at me for just a moment? Are you ready to have an encounter with Jesus? You ready to have a life-changing experience and, and go deeper and have help and a healing and a change? You know, as we were kids, if we don't change, we'll never win. How many ever played rock, scissors, what is it, rocks? Hammer, hammer, huh? Paper, rocket, scissors. Okay. Paper, rocket, scissors. How many played paper, rocket, scissors? How many of you know that if you do this all the time, you're going to lose? You got to change so you can win. Some people have been doing the same thing over and over again and keep losing. Holy Spirit wants to show you how to change so you can start winning. You're not born again to lose. You're born again to win. So if there's someone else, you're here today, and you say, I need to change, that changes Jesus. That changes an infusion of the Holy Spirit to awaken something alive on the inside of you and make you who you weren't yesterday and make you like Christ today. If that's you, there's still time to come as we get ready to pray with these new saints bought by the blood of Jesus, paid for, paid for, paid for. Your mind, says the Lord. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. And I don't need a resume of your past. I'm going to take your past. I'm going to destroy it right now. I'm going to destroy it right now. I'm buying you for this day forward to be mine. I'm not buying you for your past. I'm buying you for our future. That's what Jesus has for you. Now just put your hand upon your heart. Because that's where he's going to come in to live. And just say this out loud with me because salvation comes with the confession of the mouth and what we believe with our heart. And say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, take me right now just as I am. Forgive me of all my sins. Take my past and totally wipe it away. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. Come into my heart. Forgive me, wash me, and cleanse me in your precious blood. And I thank you, Heavenly Father. Today and forever, I am a new person. I am your child, all because of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I am born again. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him. Father, I praise you for my brother. Heal them. Lord, whatever hurts.
pains heal them into Jesus. Welcome them into your family, Father. God bless you. My sister, you're my sister. God bless you. My sister, God bless you. Love you. God bless you. My brother, God bless you. Bless you. I love you. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand. Praise God. Yeah, hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory. Glory. Now, next Sunday morning, we're going to go to another area, to a whole new level. And I'm going to show you in the Word. Unforgiveness can be and will be seen on us. It's seen. But Jesus wants to remove it. And there's some areas how to learn, how to walk in that. we got to go deeper in this. Because this is an area that we battle weekly, if not daily. But the Lord is here to deliver and set free. We love you. We bless you. We're honored that you're here today. We'll pray. I pray this word ministered to your heart. And we'll continue to lift you up and bless you. Brother Jake, would you dismiss us? Right now, Father, I just thank you so much, Father, for this awesome word, Lord, Father. We just thank you that we are already feeling and sensing and, and just see your hand, Lord God, bringing breakthrough into the lives of so many today, Lord. I speak freedom right now over every life, every heart, every mind in this place, Lord. As we step into this life of forgiveness, that we will step into a life of freedom. And Lord, we thank you and we surrender ourselves, everything that we have to you today, Lord. I ask you to bless everyone as they go about their ways with their families and friends and loved ones, Lord. Bring them all back here tonight safely, ready to receive more from you in your presence. We thank you for the encounter that we had with you today. We love you, Jesus, and everyone says amen.